everybody. This week's episode of Happy Monday is sponsored by Hover, Media Temple, and MailChimp. Hover, really, anyone that understands domains at our level uses Hover. Uh, Sarah and I use it all the time. It's super simple to buy domains and manage them. Who is privacy is free. You can also get your email and Google apps through there. They have absolutely insane support. They handle transfers for you for no additional cost. They have every TLD or domain extension you could think of. They're absolutely amazing. This week, use the promo code lowercase, all lowercase, one word, growler. That's another one for Sarah. Use the promo code growler, one word, at checkout for 10% off. Our next sponsor is Media Temple. For years, Media Temple's grid service has been the web hosting choice of more designers, developers, and creative professionals than really any other platform. Uh, Sarah and I also use this, um, use Media Temple uh, quite regularly for all of our projects. You know, you can get a grid account. Basically, you can host anything from a portfolio site all the way to 100 different client projects, so it's perfect for what we all do. Even if your site hits the front page of Reddit, you're still going to be good. It's all managed through their own simple custom control panel, and it's all backed by Media Temple's famous 24-7 live support. So go check out Media Temple, mediatemple.net. Also, and finally, MailChimp. MailChimp helps you design email newsletters, share them on social networks, integrate with services you already use, and track your results. It's basically like having your own personal publishing platform. So head on over to MailChimp.com, Hover.com, and MediaTemple.net. Thank you guys for being great supporters of Happy Monday. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Happy Monday podcast. I am with my lovely co-host, as usual, Miss Sarah Parmenter. Hello, everyone. And today we have a really cool guest in the form of Nicole Fenton. Nicole is a freelance editor and consultant, and she's just written a really, really cool book about content and writing for the web called Nicely Said. Hi, Nicole. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's, it's an honor. So the first time I ever met you, Brooklyn Beta, two years ago, and you were handing out friendship bracelets. <laughs> don't know if you remember that or not. I do. I still have it somewhere. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. So what have you been up to? Um, Well, at that time, I was working at Facebook, and since then, I've gone freelance again. So I've been consulting with startups and nonprofits, and then I uh, wrote a book with my friend Kate Kieferly, called Nicely Said, like you mentioned. And since then, I've just been kind of (laughs) uh, recovering, to be honest. Writing a book is a, a lot of work. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> How long did it take you? Um, the, well, the whole process took about a year, but we started writing in November of last year and finished in April. Um, oh, wow. So it was really, the writing process was very fast, but um, we're both, you know, professional writers and we, we did it together. So <laughs> it sounds, um, it sounds like superheroism, but... Uh, <laughs> I bet that was an amazing experience, though. Yeah, it was quite a ride. <laughs> <laughs> it, no, no one ever really, if, if they've never been through that process before, they don't, they don't realize like, the amount of work that goes into it, really. And as much fun as it can be, like rewrites. Did you have, I mean, you're an editor yourself, so who edited it? Um, well, we had, we had a developmental editor, a copy editor, and a proofreader. Um, nice. So I think most people don't realize that books go through this kind of hardcore editorial process, um, which is very different than web work. Um, so basically the, the first editor, Margaret, she kind of helped us with the, the writing process and the structure of the book. So she would let us know if something seemed out of place or missing. Um, and then our copy editor is, you know, checking the, the line level decisions, like the punctuation and 
word choice and that sort of thing, um, making sure everything is very clear. And then the proofreader just kind of checks over everything that we did after copy edit, make sure it reads perfectly. Um, so yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> yes. Really cool. Now, I love what your, um, I think it was your about, no, actually, I think it was your homepage, actually. You said you design with words. When you go in and you said you were dealing with uh, consultants, I, like, I really love that, by the way. I design with words. It's amazing. <laughs> um, you go into like consulting and stuff and the things that you're doing now, what does that process look like? Like, What do you do exactly for um, clients when you go in? Like, What's your process? What are you doing for them, et cetera? So I, I kind of think of my process as a cross between the design process and the writing process. So I start with research, you know, typical kind of what are the goals? What are the audiences? Um, what are we trying to say to them? Thinking about the brand, like what is the the voice and the tone. Um, so we kind of start with that. And, you know, uh, as a content strategist, we use the word strategy a lot. Really what um, that means is having a plan, right? So mm-hmm. we put a plan together. Um, sometimes that will result in a creative brief or a communication strategy, which is like a really long document, kind of like the New York Times thing that leaked out. Um, although that, that is a huge scale anyway. Um, and then we actually get into the writing. So because I, I love to write and I'm often the person that has gone through that strategy process. Sometimes I'm, I'm the best person to write some stuff for my client to show them kind of what they're capable of doing. And then I help them, um, you know, get there. So that may be like me teaching their team how to write better or how to structure the information on the website. So it's a little bit of like, let's get in a room and talk about what you have and um, organize it kind of lightweight. I, uh, sorry, I don't want to use jargon. (laughs) Information. (laughs) It's like lightweight information architecture or just, you know, what are the buckets and how are they, how are people going to find them? Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I work with the designers and the engineers to actually get that stuff out there and make sure it's working and refine it and test it and that sort of thing. That's really cool. And what do you, um, do you help them as far as their external communications? I mean, obviously with the website, but do you, do you help teams with their strategy as far as what they do with blogs, et cetera, marketing and all that? Yeah. So I, I come from a communications background, so I kind of see all of the things that you're publishing and sending out, whether it's on the phone or email or blog or website um, or even, you know, product packaging, whatever it is. I see all of that stuff as a big family of communications. So nice. I try to get the company on that page of thinking about that as a system that is, you know, helping them convey the message to their customer. That's really cool. Yeah, Sarah and I talk about, like, content quite a bit because it seems to be the one thing that designers still seem to think of as the last part of it but honestly it's the first in a lot of ways we've talked about you know it would be nice to have like companies that wrote for people or like something that uh clients could offer or freelancers could offer clients because it's like content still seems to be except for like really big place like new york times it still seems to be an afterthought to the design of the website when that's kind of backwards have you run into that a lot Definitely. Yeah. And I think you can see that in the structure of companies that hire people like me. Um, they have, you know, six to 12 engineers. They may have one to two designers. They don't have any content people. They don't have any people thinking about the community um, or like 
you know, even their, their Twitter account as, as easy as that might be for some people, but yes, (laughs) that is a problem. (laughs) Um, and just, you know, to reply to what you said a little bit more, I, I actually don't believe that content is the first thing. I think that it's a continual thing. And so that's why I kind of come to my clients as like, let's teach you how to write iteratively. This is not a thing that's ever going to stop, right? Like as yeah. long as your company well is is going, you need to be thinking about this. So um, I can kind of come in at any point in the process. I think some content people are like, you have to bring me in at the beginning. I don't think there is a beginning, <laughs> you know? So that's, yeah, that's my kind of point of view on it. But How did you get into it? Good question. <laughs> um. Well, I knew I wanted to be a writer when I was very young, but I have an English degree and, you know, like I, I come from a kind of nerdy <laughs> technology family. Both of my parents met in a um, an engineering testing lab. So there's a little bit of like technical expertise in my family, um, but I, I didn't want to do advertising writing. Like I wasn't wanting to go into a, a marketing master's or anything after I got my English degree. So... So I I thought about which company I wanted to work for no matter what I would be writing, and I decided to try to work at Apple. Um, And at that time, you know, they weren't really hiring writers off the street unless if you had a lot of experience. So I applied to work at the call center and started at the bottom and answered phones and emails and then eventually kind of worked my way up to basically running the the content side of the website um, for the organization that I was working in, which is the online store. Um, so yeah, it was, I don't know. I just started at the bottom, which would be <laughs> something I, I recommend to anyone who's not sure how to get started. That's wow. really cool. Yeah. What do you, um, what do you like to write about? Like if you could write about anything, I mean, obviously you love to write, what do you love to write about? Um, well, I'm really enjoying writing personal essays that, touch on technology right now. So, um, you know, how, how is technology impacting like our lives and changing how we think about things and that sort of thing. Um, I'm, I'm starting to think about getting more into personal memoir and that sort of thing, but I still feel like I need to experiment a little bit more before I sit down and try to write, um, you know, about my childhood or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) We we all could write a book about that, I think. Yeah. Um, So let's, let's talk about the, this book. I mean, nicely said is a really good title, by the way. Um, What, what, what's, what's this book about? Like if someone, you know, our listeners, this is going to be an an easy thing to go pick up. Well, you know, what could they, what are they going to get from it? What are they going to see when they crack it open? Thank you. Yeah. So Kate, um, Kate and I really wanted to write the book that we wish we had when we started our work. And so I kind of think of it as not a manual or a workbook. Um, Some writing books are very high level and inspirational. We tried to kind of go somewhere between those two things of this is how you write and writing is the best thing in the universe. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I love that. (laughs) So, you know, the the things that you will learn from this book are actually how to do the work of owning your, your communications and, and communicating clearly and kindly and kind of sticking to your true voice. Um, Kate and I both really care about 
voice and tone and, and showing empathy to the reader and kind of, I don't know, I've been lately talking about it as like turning your chair or swiveling your chair and actually talking to the people you're talking to instead of at them, which is what a lot of companies do. They, they talk about themselves and they don't really think of their customers first. So those are the kinds of things we've tried to, to focus on. And we do go through practical, like, what is the research you do? What, how do you make a, a creative brief or a, a project brief? You know, how do you actually do the writing itself, like taking out a passive voice where it doesn't work or cutting jargon and those kinds of line-level decisions? But then we also go through all the content types that most web writers or designers or um, CEOs or bloggers would need to be thinking about. Um, and then we also cover how to make a style guide, which I think a lot of people are interested in but aren't sure how to start. And then um, just dealing with the editing process in a large or small organization where you have everyone invested in the content, but nobody seems to know how to make it work. <laughs> this sounds really, really good. Thanks. Yeah, we were really happy with it. And um, it's getting really good reviews, which is such a joy to see people saying it's useful to them. Oh, yeah, you got five stars on Amazon. <laughs> nice. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> so what would you say is the biggest um, problem that companies who are on the web face nowadays, rather than companies who are, you know, uh, actual stores or anything like that that have public-facing places that you can walk into, what would you say is the biggest problem that we see on the web, like writing for the web? I think sometimes companies know what they want to say, but they don't know how to say it. So, um, like like I was saying, they, they talk about themselves, or they just don't think in terms of the user. And this is such a design, uh, you know, drum that we beat every day, right? Like, think about the mm. user. What are they trying to do? Like, where do they come from? What might they be feeling? Um, but it's just time and time again, companies have a plan about what they want to say, but I think because of silos or stress or short deadlines or unreasonable deadlines, um, it's just, it's often, uh, let's throw something at the wall and see what sticks. And that's really not the way to make good content. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's, that's you know, we're, we're used to thinking about the user and stuff. We talk about it all the time, but these these companies really aren't, right? Like, I've... I know when I was in client work, a lot of times you were still up against the people that wanted to write like the eighties, like <laughs> overly professional writing. Like there is no tone and it was all professional. It wasn't honest and it definitely wasn't engaging. Um, do you still see a lot of that out there? Like you, are you still having to rewire people's brains when it comes to thinking about the web? Yes. And often, honestly, clients come to me saying they don't want to do that, but they find themselves doing it because they don't know how to do the other thing, which is the, the right thing, you know, um, whatever, whatever that might be for their readers. Um, so yeah, then you get people saying like, we're the industry leading blah, blah. And it's just meaningless crap, honestly. Mm. Um, so my job is really to teach them how to talk about themselves in a way that isn't alienating to their customers. Um, and also works toward their goals, you know? So it's, it's not super complicated, but it, if you don't know how to do it and you are trained in an MBA or, I don't know, the way we're taught to write in college is not the way that the business world works. So it's a big gap. 
Yeah, it's it's actually funny to see that come full circle, you know, because you read a you read a book like Writing Well or Elements of Style, you know, that those types of books, like even Writing Well, <laughs> he basically is saying even then just take out your adverbs. Like mm-hmm. if it has an ly, get rid of it. Like just plain speak, like just say the sentence, just say the thing, don't put the f- words around it, you know. Yeah, and that's you know, that's it's hard to do when you're in a room by yourself, right? So if someone's not calling you out, like, you know, you need someone to be there to, to say, what does this mean? Like, what are you trying to say? And let's say that instead. And that's really where I think editors and content strategists are useful. It's like, you know, we don't always have a strong opinion about the final output, but if, if you're having trouble doing the thing you're trying to do, like, we're kind of here to help that process. Love that. There was um, uh, my physical business in in England has um, some interesting problems. When we write for Facebook, well, I write the stuff for Facebook, and um, there was this interesting thing I did right from the beginning of taking the voice and tone being very, very honest and never having buzzwords in it. So we never say we're sold out or hurry and buy now because this is the last few remaining. Because I think people see through that now. Mm -hmm. So we decided to take a very honest stance of... um, when we genuinely were getting full, we'd say we're we've got about three places left right now, but you know some will open up. But da 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 da. Um, and then we took a very different stance recently when something went wrong. We decided to actually put it on Facebook in a very honest tone, and it was probably the the Facebook post that went down the best out of anything that we've ever posted. It's just interesting that cutting through sort of marketing BS that people see every yeah. single day and just changing <laughs> the tone of um, the way that stuff was presented has actually significantly changed our business. That's That's so nice to hear. I mean, that's what Kate and I are always trying to advocate for, which is be you like show your human side like that's what people want to to see and identify with they don't want this monolithic you know wall to talk to like airlines and dmvs and um (laughs) banks you know like like nobody nobody wants that and um i just i think that showing showing your errors and that admitting to them like like a good apology can take your your customers like from liking you or being skeptical to being very loyal and passionate about what you're doing. And um, I think it's just, you know, it's, it's really funny common sense from the customer service ops world that we're trying to bring to the web, which is like, just show your customers you care. Don't give them a blanket apology or I apologize for the frustration you may have felt you know like like it's that dismissive kind of we're not taking responsibility because our lawyers are choking us uh kind of thing (laughs) that that just doesn't work for people (laughs) no it doesn't people do see through it nowadays as well when I look at some of the way that people present certainly on Facebook which seems to be turning into the marketing uh, haven for a lot of companies um the way that people present their copy on Facebook, I see through it, and I'm sure thousands of other people 
do just with the buzzwords and sales words and <laughs> you know it, we've, we've only got one remaining hurry and click now all of that I just I hate all of that I really do it reminds <laughs> me of like the old infomercials on QVC <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the way that they used to be structured but um I'm glad to, to hear that we're all trying to move out of that space I think we've got a way to go yeah yet, though. but um it, that does make me happy yeah it it always makes me laugh on Twitter when companies try to take like a re- responsibility for something amazing or tragic that has happened in the world. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the like SpaghettiOs meltdown when they were trying to to praise or I don't know. I don't know what they were trying to do, to be honest. It was about Pearl Harbor, but it was really awful. And it's just like, you know, you had nothing to do with that. Like, stay out of that. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah that's classless. There's just, yeah, there's a lot of that where it's just like, we're going to take marketing and try to try to communicate about something we have nothing to do with. And I think that people really see through that. Oh, that's awful. What are some of the, you know, Sarah and I are, you know, we, we always do this show and have fun, but we always try to like <laughs> get practical at some point. Yeah. You know, too, like, like, you know, that's the beautiful thing about writing, but like just for our listeners, like, so they could go see some really good examples. Like what are some really good examples in your mind that you think of as like a nice pinnacle of a company or even a freelancer that's doing a really good job or a product that's doing a really good job of communicating? Um, well, we really, you know, we have a bunch of examples in the book. Like we like what Pinterest is doing and generally, uh, what, uh, what's it? Um, Kate loves this company called Quinn popcorn. They're a small family who makes popcorn and they're, um, doing really great stuff. Just the way that they put these kind of touches on their product. Um, I really like harvest, which is an invoicing, (laughs) uh, software Mm -hmm. service. Mm. Um, but they have very clear help documentation and their interface is very clear. So as someone who uses their service, um, like I enjoy paying for it and they don't annoy me with emails that I don't need. You know, they, they know their place in my life, which is I am paying you to hold my hours and my invoices for my clients, you know? Um, trying to think of other examples. Etsy is doing a really good job with their, like, broader, like, storytelling work. So showing, Mm -hmm. instead of talking about themselves so much, they show the work of the people that use Etsy and sell on Etsy, um, which I think is the right way to, to promote yourself, Mm -hmm. which is to show how you're helping other people and what the cool stuff they're doing, right? Um... You think if there's anything That's else? That's really cool. Well, the good thing is, is they have to go get the book. Yeah, you have to go get the book. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I love books like this. There's not enough of them, which is a good thing for you guys. <laughs> um, but there's not enough people talking about content in general on the web. I mean, I, mean, I know um, Christina Halverson, Karen McGrain, they do a lot of stuff um, to do with content, but not a lot of people are actually talking about what I would consider the... Um, you know, step by steps. Mm-hmm. As in, sometimes when I read a book, I want to know. Okay, I get it. I get that. But how can I actually put that into something that I'm working on right now? Um, and a lot of people also don't realize outside of our industry, um, they don't realize that that's a job title. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of people. Um, my best friend actually is looking to go into write. She's an exceptional writer, and I said to her, "You, there's write. You can write for the web." And she's like, "Is that a thing? Isn't that just is is that not?" No, I'm like, "No, it's an actual job. Like it's huge, and <laughs> and every like we need lots and lots of writers right now. And it's just strange that unless you happen to fall into the geek industry somehow, <laughs> you half the time you don't recognize the opportunities that there are in writing or in anything in our industry, but writing especially." I think it's true, and I think there's a little bit of a stigma around the stuff that I do. So, like, people think, you know, oh, help center documentation or or error messages or interface labels. Like, that's not sexy, right? But um, (laughs) honestly, like, I really enjoy making things clear for people, and I think that that is a skill that a lot of people don't have, you know? So... I, I totally agree. I think we need a lot more writers. I, I cannot find enough web writers these days to refer work to. And um, it's just, yeah, there's a huge gap between where we are and how good it could be if if more people were uh, working on content. Yeah, well, I think it would be really interesting, too, is if more people thought that that was sexy because yeah. your error messages and you know your documentation and everything, those are all human company touches mm-hmm. you know what i mean and they're they're a great example or not a great example but a great opportunity to really make an, a brand impression uh, a connection you know what i mean even when you mess up you know you're like oh for a ford right right <laughs> really sorry about that <laughs> yeah i i honestly i can't believe we're still rewriting like sign up flows and like click this link to you know, activate your, your account. Like, like you would think that we would have some standards around that sort of thing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think there's just so much work to do there. Um, and I, you know, I find my work to be really challenging and fun. I get to talk to people about their dreams and help them get there, you know, and that's, I don't know, sexy is the wrong word, but, you know, <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> I think it's a beautiful thing. Well, where, where can, where can everyone go? A, first to get your book, and then what are a couple of books um, after they read yours that you that you think might be really helpful? Sure, yeah. Um, so we have a website for the book with a listing of all the places you can buy it, and it's nicelysaid.co, so .co, um, and you can read more about it there and see some blurbs and that sort of thing. Um, but you can get it on Amazon for Kindle. Um, if you want to get it through Peach Pit, I'll share a discount here. It's um, the code is nicely to get it thirty five percent off if you buy it through Peach Pit. Ooh, nice! Thank you. Sure, Thank yeah. You. <laughs> and you can also, if you're a Powell's fan, um, Powell's is selling it. That sort of thing. Other books that I like. Well, I I'll be honest. I read a lot of things in connected fields. So I really mm. like to kind of read about design and writing and editing and I don't just stick to the books that say for the web on them. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're better off. Yeah. A, a few books that have made an impression on me lately. Um, Everybody loves Anne Lamott's bird by bird. Mm, so good one. yeah, can, I've got it here. If That's you, cool. If you haven't read that, it's an amazing book about writing. Um, my friend Tiffany Jones Brown at Pinterest introduced me to this book called writing down the bones, which is, uh, if you have any interest in 
like Buddhist uh, philosophy like I do. Um, it's a very interesting book, but it's also just a great writing book. Um, nice. I'm one more writing book. I really love. Uh, it's called Several Short Sentences About Writing by uh, a guy's name who I feel like I can't say correctly. It's Verlin Klinkenborg. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want that last name. Yeah. Um, also, uh, you know, always love um, the A Book Apart series. I can't plug them enough. Even the ones that aren't about content, um, all of those books are great, honestly. Um, there's, a, there's a book by uh, Keo Stark called Don't Go Back to School. So if you want to teach yourself something, anything, uh, that is an amazing book. Um, really? I'm going to have to pick that up. It's really, really good. Uh, she, I'm pretty sure she self-published it. She kick-started it. And it's, it's basically a bunch of interviews with people who taught themselves what they do, which is kind of my philosophy. Um, and then there's like a big essay that talks about like how and why learning without going back to school is so important. That's yes. really cool. Yeah, that's what Sarah and I are always preaching that. <laughs> Self, yeah. Self-taught. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's definitely the way forward. So before we wrap up, I've got to ask, have you gone <laughs> into a bookstore and had a photo next to a pile of your books yet? Not yet, but um, a friend of mine just sent us, uh, Kate and me, a photo of our book at Barnes & Noble. So I need to go to Barnes & Noble now. It, it just happened this week, so... You definitely need that photo just for (laughs) nostalgia when you're 80 years old to show the grandchildren. (laughs) Cool. Thank you so much. We're right up on our 30 minute marker. Yeah, Nicole, that was really nice to have you. It's so nice to talk to you guys.